Welcome to this edition of Don't Listen to Us, episode number 31. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. Thank you guys very much for joining us. As always, send us emails, if you so choose, to dltu at yml.me. We'd love if you gave us a review on the iTunes store. How's your week been? Hmm. We had a busy week. We did. With the with the yard. We have done so much. I am so proud of us. Our our pretty, pretty little yard here that we have looks just better than ever. We've done so much work on it. it, it it's beautiful. I love the fact that you are not one of those crazy people who needs to have your grass perfect and manicured and and, and golf course flat and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, no. I, hate that I like little wild areas in yards and in perfect grassy yeah. spots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes if there's been buttercups or clover in my yards in my life, I've mowed around them. <laughs> <laughs> so I just keep them there. Especially buttercups. Buttercups are oh. a weak, well. I learned in back in many, many eons ago when I was a landscape engineer. I was a weeder. Um, but that was the official job title. Uh, the, the guy running, the old union guy running the shop said, uh, said a weed, anything that's growing where you don't want it to be. Which is kind of true. You know, yeah. we, we, we think of dandelions as weeds and buttercups as weeds. But if they're growing in a pleasant way, they're, they're pretty. Oh, Buttercups well, are pretty. Buttercups are beautiful. Buttercups will take over. Will they? But um, uh, if I have clumps of them, I'll pull out a little bit in the edges if, they, if they're really going into other plants that I love as well. But I always let them, let them have spots to grow. So we've been having uh, eh, fun in our, little, in our little, little yard garden, cleaning things up in preparation for hopefully sell it for stupid amounts of money. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Our friend Scott Thrift down there in Sydney, Australia, says, uh, Hey, Sean, was really, Sean and Melissa, sorry. Oh, Hi, Sean and Melissa. was really interested in your discussion last week about when is too soon in relationships. My partner and I are both to celebrate our first anniversary as a couple next week. Yay, That Scott. is lovely. We've mm. only been together for a month when we decided to make our relationship more than casual. That being said, we have actually known each other for over 15 years. Wow. Each time we circled back around to each other, either I was not ready for him, he wasn't ready for me. Now that we're both older, it seems that we've left behind all the insecurities and bullshit that kept us apart mm. in the past. Oh, That's great to hear, How Scott. lovely. I think the right time for two people to commit to each other is when they can accept each other for who they really are, warts and all. That can be after a month or 15 years. It's what works for the people in question. I think that's a great way to describe it. Yes. One of the things that I love about this wonderful woman who is letting me share her life is that for the first time in my life, I am able to say that I am able to be 99% who I am. And who I am is often a jerk. <laughs> it's, it's I over-tease this poor little thing <laughs> because she's so sweet and kind. And unfortunately, that also means gullible to my particular charms um and in in the fact that even though i don't lie i'm a good liar in that i can convince you of things that really aren't true yes you can and it's awful and yes. i do it all the time ongoing basis. constantly if on the weekends all day long and you're so tolerant of it yes you're so accepting of me yes. and and my little quirks and the things that have grown up over your soul and personality over 50 plus years. Yes. And I really feel that way. I can be as goofy and silly and <laughs> weird as I want to be with you. There, there are times when for no apparent reason, 
I will just stop talking to Melissa, and it drives her nuts, <laughs> drives her batshit crazy. Oh, and I'm it. doing it to drive her batshit crazy. Yes, it's I'm ho- doing it intentionally huh. to get a reaction out of you. Why? I don't know. I'm an idiot. I don't know either. And yet I do it anyway, and you get all worked up, and but you you don't you get upset, but not angry or mad at me. Like, what? Are you, why are you being a jerk? It's and that's really true to find someone. Now, there's one percent that she doesn't accept. Oh yeah, there is. <laughs> but that's pretty damn good, because in I don't know about you, but for me in past relationships, there have been large portions of my personality, my, for lack of a better term, quirkiness, weirdness, idiocy, that have been completely uh, unacceptable, and I cannot in any way, shape, or form indulge in them, because the person I'm with will get very angry at me for very long periods of time. Um. So that's yeah. I think that's the key that you can you can look at someone and and say they accept me for who I am. Well, I also think laughter is extremely to me. It's extremely important yeah. laughter and sharing silliness and that kind of thing. I think is is very very important when you're with someone. I don't know how important it is to other people, but it is to me that not only is the person I'm with silly. But I can be silly with them, and we can be silly together. Oh, it's just too fun! You take, you feel like a child again. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. and and we we have just we just do silly things, and it's wonderful. It's just by ourselves, and, and you know, our our kids look at us and go, "You two are weird." I know they you do. Know? <laughs> Weirdos. Weirdos. <laughs> David goes, well, "I'm more normal than you two are." I know, you know? right? It's very funny. Which is a flattering to it, me. It is. It is. But very happy for you, Scott. He also says, also your conversation about fetishes. I think the poor guy you were discussing is more, more move past a simple fetish into a paraphilia. Now, I've never heard that word paraphilia. before. Paraphilia. Paraphilia. And I have, so to, lo- I have to look it up. Philia. And paraphilia is a condition characterized by abnormal sexual desires, typically involving extreme or dangerous activities. So by that definition, Scott, that wouldn't be correct. These these are not. I wouldn't call liking maple syrup abnormal. I don't like to call most sexual proclivity, shall we say, abnormal, because you don't want people to think that they're damaged or weird or strange. But well, depends how far it goes. Sure. I mean, we can all agree that children and animals are off bounds. Dead people. Yeah. And, you know, and... we we know the extremes of this, but tickling. No, that's not abnormal. It's silly, and I don't. Oh. Uh, I don't even think that the various golden shower type fetishes are abnormal. They're highly unusual, and it's I don't. It's a golden shower fetish. Urine and feces and that kind of stuff. Well, I just think that's weird. That- <laughs> but, no, I do. I don't agree with that at all. That is dangerous. It can, that, that could be a paraphilia. I yeah. don't like that. But maple syrup is not an extreme or dangerous no. activity. It, but it it is, I can see, it's, it is disabling to the poor guy. Um, Scott says a fetish could be Sean's fascination with redheads. A paraphilia would be if Melissa could only get excited if Sean was dressed as a duck riding a unicycle, <laughs> reciting Greek poetry in a Sunday in the, tr- in the rain. <laughs> well, yeah, that would... <laughs> You'd never get off then. No. I'm sorry. That, those, those are conditions. That, but it, it's something that's always... We, we had a brief conversation last week about immortality. And one of the things I've always thought about, it, if I could be immortal, I would go and learn everything. I would study everything. Yes. And one of the things I would love to study is the, the how, whys, and wherefores that human beings get turned on by the things we get turned on by. It fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Not in a sexual way, 
But what is it in our brain, our upbringing, our, our environment that turns that thing on in your head that flips that switch that makes you like blondes or redheads or butts or um, uh, sex in different positions or dangerous elevators? So, you know, whatever it is. Hmm. What is it about what happened? That created that. Well, it's different for everybody. Well, did you see that movie Crash? Or yes. 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 That was a fascinating, that was a, ooh, I don't think they've ever done really anything like that yeah. or since. And that was a fascinating film because it was people that had merely had been in car accidents, right? And it had that, <gasps> that, that, that feeling that you, well, you do get when you've been in a car accident. And then it developed into a, a sexual fetish. You know, what we do, who we do, how we do it is just constantly fascinating to me. Well, yeah, it'd be a tricky thing to study, but... I had to give it a shot. I could give it a shot. So, I, I wanted to start this uh, show off with that loving tribute to my beautiful wife because she's also a loon. Oh, I think everybody knows that because you've said it so often. Yeah, but... This past week, you you were a disturbing loon. Oh, why? At one point, we were having a conversation, something about something that we were watching on TV, uh-huh. and uh, the significant other had had waited eight years. Yeah. For someone to get out of jail, I can't remember the TV show. Was it? Someone had waited eight years for someone to get out of jail. Can't remember. Anyway. So I, I said to you, and hopefully in a joking tone of voice, I said, sweetheart, would you wait eight years for me? Oh. And Melissa said, eight years is a long time. Would I have to stay celibate? <laughs> would I have to be celibate during the eight years? <laughs> Are we married? <laughs> That's right. She put in conditions on it. Maybe. <laughs> Depends on. That's a big question. I don't. I wouldn't expect anyone to be celibate for it. To, 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 if I go away to jail for... Even a, uh, a year is okay. A Two year. years is stretching it, and three to five, forget about it. I, uh, you're, you're, you, you I'm a red-blooded and... woman. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I know you guys couldn't be celibate because just, that's just not how guys usually work. I think you could – I wouldn't want someone to say it to me because I wouldn't believe them. What you'd like to hear them say is, I'll be here for you when you when you get back. Yes. When, when you get out. That's right. Which means I'm going to go screw other people. <laughs> yeah. But the week before you get out of jail, I'll stop. I'll be. You know? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like you're going to uh, just suddenly go out and when you're in jail, just suddenly start screwing a bunch of people. If it comes along and it happens, then it's, that's, you know, it's what you're going to do. Just don't tell me about it. No. If I'm in don't jail, don't tell me I found somebody Absolutely else. Absolutely not. Just basically stop communicating to me. Oh. Don't send me emails. Don't, don't, don't. Don't continue on no, with. No, um, just ghost me. Oh. Yeah, if you're starting to sleep with someone else when I'm in jail, just don't, don't, until don't. Until Because like, the thing is, you're a shitty liar. You know, and you would say, I could tell without even you saying anything. I would look you in the eye and go, you're sleeping with someone else, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you wouldn't lie at all. You go, no, I'm yeah. sleeping with someone else. Yeah, Sorry. Right. Sorry, girl. Yeah. Um, you know. But so you wouldn't want me then to, when it's coming close to your time to get out, to be there to greet you at the gate? Yes. Once once you knew I was out. Oh, that would be all right. Yes. But in the while you sleep with somebody else, don't don't communicate to me at all. Oh. 
Just leave me alone. Don't. But then you would know, and then you wouldn't want me to meet you at the gate. Yeah, I would, because I, I, I'm in jail for five years. Come on, I know you're just, I know you're gonna be sleeping with other people. I just don't want to know about it. Is what I'm saying. No, I wouldn't. I won't tell you. I don't want it acknowledged. I don't want it spoken. No discussion. I'm just going to no. assume that you were celibate the entire time. We, we shall never speak of this again. Okay. Yes, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that you said last week, oh. which was really upsetting. Oh. We were talking about how each of us gets mad at the other and how our um, attitudes of it are completely separate, <sighs> completely different. Hmm. And apparently, from what everyone has told me, <laughs> I get mad in a very odd way. Yes. And you know the the old line about you know don't go to, don't go to don't go to bed angry, don't go to sleep angry. Yes. I can go to sleep. I don't care. I can go to sleep angry <sighs> without a problem. No, no, I can sleep have a great night's sleep. Oh, it's just I don't know about you girls out there, but it's <laughs> freaking maddening. But the thing unbelievable. Was, so you can't. And the other thing is I I will never sleep in the other room. If you're mad at me, you go sleep in the other room. Yes. This is my bed. This is my side of the bed. I'm not going to go sleep on the couch. Yes. All you women out there that have been with Sean King knows this. <laughs> you if know. You, you're you... in sisterhood with me and knowing that he will not get out of that bed. And no matter what you do, you will not get him out of that bed. It is maddening, maddening. Why, though? Why should I, if you're mad at me, oh, why should sure. I go sleep somewhere else? Okay, don't talk about if you're mad at me. You're mad too. Okay. You just, you just don't care. I don't. Yeah. It's so, awful. So we're having this discussion, and then Melissa says to me, and I quote, this is a direct quote. <laughs> she said, I thought about doing injury to you in your sleep. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I thought about piercing your skin with sharp objects in your sleep. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I never would. That's not the point. Oh, come on. You must have. You must have weird thoughts about things that you'd never act on. Come on. Be honest. Yes, but never doing injury to someone else in their sleep. That's a little disturbing. Oh. Well, maybe it'll get you out of the bed next time we have a fight. <laughs> You've actually thought about stabbing me in my sleep. Well, I haven't, but not to the point that I get up and actually get a sharp object and do it to you. But you've thought about it. See, I've never Very even... fleetingly. <laughs> <laughs> the mind is a biz- is a bizarre creature. Haven't you had bizarre, like violent or whatever thoughts just quickly scuttle across your brain, yes, your but, the frontal lobe of your not, brain? Not about my loved one. Oh, you know I love you madly, and in but, that moment when you're snoring and I am so angry <laughs> with you, yeah, I want to pierce your skin with a sharp object. But instead, I lay and I fret and I become filled with angst and I go and sleep on the couch. <laughs> and you don't care. I really don't. No, and no, I hate I, you no, for it. No, hang on. I do you, care that you oh, sleep on the couch. Oh, you do not. I do. I do. I do not like you sleeping anywhere outside the marital bed. Okay, I don't like you sleeping on the couch. Okay, fair enough. But I have no problem with you sleeping next to me while you're just angry. No, I believe you don't. I, I don't. I no. don't. And I'm getting better at it. The last yeah. time we had a big fight, I actually just felt like that's it, and I just went to sleep, and I was fine. <laughs> See, that's the way you should do it. Yeah. Like, and we woke up the next morning. Screw you, was buddy. Fine. It's true. <laughs> Whereas when I'm on the couch, oh, you, sit, no. you lie there and stew. Oh, you wake up and you think. Assholes in there in the bed, and I know I'm going to go in. He's going to be laying there on his iPhone. He's going to ignore me, and oh my god! Do you want some coffee? No thanks. 
That's what you're going to do. So it's better just to be next to you. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to pierce your flesh with a sharp object. Just the thought that you could, the, the, just the idea that you could, that thought could come to your mind in any way, shape, or form. It's is just a, a little, nanosecond of it's a still, thought. It's a nanosecond of disturbing. Yes. I'm not going to do that. I promise. I'm not. I promise. Right. I'm not going to do All that. Right. So the other thing that she did last week that was oh a, a little goodness. disturbing was, and, I don't, and you'll have to fill in the context of this, but you were having a conversation with our 12-year-old, and you asked him, are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid's 12. He's driving me nuts. I just say, why you, did you ask the 12-year-old if he was happy? Because uh, why not? Why can't it be brought to the attention of a young one? He doesn't know. He doesn't no. know what happiness is. He should bloody figure it out. Why did you ask him that question? Because, and don't get me wrong, this is a bright, wonderful young boy. Yes, he is. That I just see has a poverty of thought in his life about although granted he does try and get in touch with friends he's I got him texting them and messaging them and nobody's doing on the weekend well I said maybe people do more things as a family on weekends than what we do but when I was his age I guess you know I'd jump up on be on my bike and going out and hanging out and I didn't need the guidance of my mother I didn't that's what I was doing so I asked him are you happy here in Gibson's Rory and he's like I don't know (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I've been here all my life. But I know it was a bit of a heavy question. But yes, it is. It's a heavy question for anybody. Do you know what the meaning of life is, Rory? Exactly. Tell me the meaning. What do you think the meaning of life is? Is there a a such thing you God? (laughs) Mess with the poor child's head. It's just just wrong. I know. You, um... One of the things I, I love about Sunday mornings is it's uh, I've never had many um, family traditions or relationship traditions, I guess we should say. <clears throat> and we are developing ours, even even though it's only been a year that we've been together. And one of the traditions that we develop that I really love is Saturday I make breakfast, mm-hmm. Sunday Melissa makes breakfast. Yes. And Melissa's lazy and she always makes pancakes. <laughs> no, it's because everybody loves them. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> uh, and... But the best part with the pancakes is you go in there, and I don't know if you know you're doing this. You put on music and you sing. Yes. I do. So it's I love a, to sing. It's this wonderful sound coming out of the kitchen on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. of my wife making pancakes and singing. Mm-hmm. We're all in bed. Roy's in bed. I'm in bed. Damon's in bed, and Mom is making us pancakes. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So that being said, here are the most annoying songs ever. Okay. Oh, I hope I don't sing them. Oh, dear. I don't think you've sung any of these. Oh, okay, good. But tell me if you think this song is annoying. Okay. Jefferson Jefferson Starship, We Built This City. Oh, God. Jesus. Oh, oh. That, that is one of the most awful songs in the world it's, from a band oh, yeah. that you used to respect. Yeah, yeah. No. You know, Grace Slick is, was a pioneer in music. Jefferson Airplane was an amazing 60s, early 70s band. But when they changed Jefferson Starship, and that one song made me hate everything they've ever done. Uh, I'm not even going to start saying the words because. I don't even start seeing it. Don't please, even. please, please. Don't even. Yeah. As much as I hate to admit it, this is true. USA for Africa, we are the world. 
I understand the point of the song. But the, 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 the song itself yeah. was so maudlin and so sappy and it so was. poorly written. It was. It was just. It's a kind of a, I mean, I have to admit that every now and again, I'll get it in my head. <laughs> and it'll, I do. And it's in my head for days. It's really odd. One that's in my head for days that happens when it happens and I want to hurt the person who's done it to me yeah. is the Macarena song. Which one? Hey, Macarena. Does that get in your oh, head? Oh, God, that's oh, awful. Oh, okay. And it's, yeah. a, it's an, I think that's, I think Macarena came out sometime in the 90s. That's when I started hating music. That's when oh. I started hating popular music was when that kind of crap became popular. Oh. I knew my musical listening to of new music was over. Was over. Because I never want to take the chance of hearing a song like that ever again. Okay. So I'm just going to stick with The Clash. I don't yeah, think I gonna... know that very well. Oh, that, God. That song that you're... Um, another one, Who Let the Dogs Out? Oh, yeah. Oh, quick. Move on. <laughs> quick, quick, quick. This is one that everyone loved that I personally hate. Don't Worry, Be Happy, Bobby McFerrin. Oh, I hated that yeah, song. Yeah, no, no, I don't like it. It was just it I just, never listened to it. Actually, I wouldn't know many any other words to it other than the title. My heart will go on, Celine Dion. Don't even say Celine Dion's <laughs> name to me. And I, and and listen, I am as I uh, I will admit that she has an incredible voice. Yes, but I just can't stand her. There's nothing about Celine Dion that interests me. Just nothing. It's it's. I don't know if it's her singing style or what she sings about or what it is. I recognize that tonally she has a good voice, but I don't care. I don't care either. There was one song that she had. I think it was about her son. That I, I did. If it came on the radio, I would listen just to listen to how she could change her voice and yeah. the different octave because she's so amazing. But other than that, no, I can't stand her. This one is embarrassing and that's an annoying song that I love. I don't know if you ever heard this one. L- listen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. One, two, three, four, five. Everybody in the car, so come on, let's ride to the liquor store around the I love that song. Who is that? That is uh, Lou Bega, and the song is Mambo Number no. Five. Oh, it is just poppy and and annoying. I love it. I would do yoga to that. That is a fun, fun song. Okay. A singer I don't know. that I'm a shit. Oh, I forgot his name. Oh, 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 young kid, amazing dancer, um, plays that kind of music. Oh, crap. Uh, if I remember his name, I'll, where's he I'll, from? America. Uh, he's American, sort of like Spanish American, Latino American. Um, oh, damn it, damn it. Um, trying to see the the other ones are in here. That uh, was there's no more annoying songs. The single most annoying song, a song that should never have been recorded. <laughs> a song that should never be allowed to be ever played again. Wow. By a person who shouldn't be allowed to sing. Oh. Because oh. this is not his gig. His gig is being a comedian and an actor. And he did this song that would make you just want to shoot people. Comedian and actor. You ready for it? Okay. All right, here it comes. 
You recognize it? Who is this? Eddie Murphy, Party All the Time. Oh, I didn't even know. Oh, my God. I didn't even know he did a song. It is the most, I will play it for you later, it is the most awful song ever. Oh, Eddie. It's just horrendous. What made him do that? Shoot yourself in the head, bad song. (laughs) Just terrible. (laughs) I just wanted to get that out of my system. Poor Eddie. A a song, annoying songs. Mm. This is something um, I never had to think about before. But now that we have a, a 12-year-old, what's the age kids have to be before you can legally leave them home alone? Legally? Legally. Did you know there is a legal limit in some places? I was surprised to learn that in a lot of places, there's no legal requirement. No legal minimum age. How long are you leaving them alone for? That's an excellent question. That's, that's the key, I think, to a lot of this is yeah. if you're just going next door to the neighbor's house. How long, how, at what age would you allow that? Oh, I'd leave an eight-year-old and go, just popping next door, you know where I am. Next door to, buy, to, to borrow a cup of milk and you, yeah. and you come back. Yeah. So, eight. Uh, that's the first age that popped to my mind. So, if, if the kid was six, you would take him with you? I think You'd so. you put him on your hip and, and, and carry him along? Six? No, i go, come on, i probably send them over. Yeah. Okay. Go over next right. door and get the blah, blah, blah. You're going to go to the store and do some shopping for an hour, hour and a half. Oh, at what age would you be okay leaving? An hour to an hour and a half. Sure. Yeah, whatever amount of time it takes you to do grocery shopping. Mm, that's a bit of a while. Is it? Ten, if a mature ten-year-old. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Mature ten-year-old, and you know, you know where I am, and just connect with me if you need me to come home. And, and I would give them food, like because oh, I wouldn't want them to think oh, I'm going to go into the kitchen and get food. So normally, if I left my boys, I'd leave them a sandwich and some finger food and some drink, and they'd be watching a movie or yeah. something. And I'd say, "I'll be back." So, and I'm a mature ten-year-old, but I would say to them, "You're not allowed to go into the kitchen. Do you know you're, you're good with what you've got?" Because I wouldn't want them to be exploring the kitchen. I hadn't thought about that. That's a that's a good point. Yeah. So I always gave them food. Yeah. Yeah. To keep them in front so that of the TV. They, yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought of that. Um, how about uh, after school? At what age is it okay for a kid to come home and be alone after school? Until like five yeah, or five thirty. Five thirty till parents come home. Oh gosh. So there's no food there to set them up with. I would say twelve. Really, that late. 11, 12. I remember I was probably about 10. Oh, God, so was I. I was Coming a latchkey kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mom yeah. would be at work. But I had my big brother. So I had my big brother. I was the big brother. So yeah. I had to so, bring... And so I, you were a big brother. Yeah, I had to corral the other three. Yeah. So, see, it depends. You can't dictate that. Depends on the child. Depends on your circumstances. I mean, it's like that man that trained his children, I think it was in New York City, to no, take... here in Vancouver. Was that Vancouver? Vancouver. How to take the bus to school. I loved that he did that. What an amazing... Five kids, and they're all taking care of each other, and the youngest was... They were all going to school, so the youngest was six. So six. And the oldest was 12. So, you know, it depends on your training of your child and and their their awareness and knowing what they can do and where you live makes a big difference. Yes, true, true. What age would you leave a child overnight? 
Oh, oh. Alone yes. or with siblings? Alone. Fifteen? Yeah, 15, I'd say six, fifteen, sixteen. Fifteen, sixteen. With ex- express instructions, if anything bad happens, I will kill you. Yes. Kill you dead if yes. I come back tomorrow. I, and then me being me, <laughs> I would leave a meal. Like, everything would be done. That You know, other than, well, breakfast is pretty easy. But I would have everything there. This is what you're going to eat for dinner. Da, da, da. You're going to have a bud over and play video games. Please make sure, like, I, I would, and I would be checking in. Yes. I think it's easier... I was going to say it's easier nowadays, but yeah, I think it is easier nowadays with cell phones where you can check in all the time. You know, mm. our parents had to, if they went out to the restaurant yeah, for, to... for dinner and you need to get a hold of mom and dad, you'd know exactly what restaurant they're at. Yep. You may not know the phone number, blah, blah. You'd leave all that with the sitter if exactly, you were going yeah. and say, this is where we'll be, yeah. please. And, you know, we're with these people at this table. As a, a general rule of thumb is that kids under age seven aren't capable of thinking logically and putting cause and effect together. They are reliant on caregivers to structure their days. Children between ages seven and ten are generally ready to self-supervise for an extended period of time, but in a routine and predictable environment, say just after school, they can manage. Children 12 and 13 sh- should be judged on a case-by-case basis, but should not be left alone overnight. Surprisingly, most U.S. states don't have any minimum age requirements. The ones that do range from age 6, a recommendation in Kansas, to 14, required in Illinois. The most common ages among the states of recommendation or legal requirement are ages 8, 10, and 12. Hmm. I didn't realize that there, 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 this wasn't something that would be a law already. That's my opinion, though. I mean, uh, other folks might think it's okay to I leave. At a certain age, I, don't li- I wouldn't like to be bound by law. It's like, this is my child. I know what my child is capable of. I know I'm a caring, um, mature parent that is able to judge yep. whether my child can stay at home for an hour and a half while I go shopping. I don't want the law or the government telling me what I can and can't do in that regard. I don't like that interference. Yep. It's my child. But I'm... There are some parents, unfortunately, I unfortunately, yep. that it's done in an irresponsible way, and maybe they need to put legalities in place. The laws are there because some people are idiots. Unfortunately, that's the problem. The, the, the few, they're fewer, but we have to we have to adjust our system for the idiots. The laws are there, not not meant to constrain those of us who are smart and self aware, but it's to um, control the morons out there. And us self-aware folks get hurt by that. Yes. Yes. I read this on Twitter. Uh, I read an article that said, if, and this, this came up because Melissa and I had this conversation on a regular basis, and it just really fascinates me that how you see yourself, Melissa, you see yourself so differently than what I see you and other people see you. You don't see yourself as this smoking hot redhead that I see this woman who could easily pass for 35 years old who walks to the supermarket. And it's very funny when, you know, cause we'll go supermarket shopping. And for whatever reason, the first thing I do is I go for the mushrooms. <laughs> he does. I actually. don't know why I do that. <laughs> so that's we, right. You go straight for the fungus. We, 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 our, our grocery store, we, you walk in and on the left hand side is where all, all the veggies are. And on the left, left hand side is where the mushrooms are. And the first thing I do is go for the mushrooms. But first thing you do is go for spinach. I sort of do. I go over and go, okay, I'm going to go get other stuff. So I'm over here on the left-hand side getting mushrooms. You're over there on the right-hand side getting spinach. And when I finish getting mushrooms, I'll turn and I'll look. 
and there'll be either a store employee, a male, or some other guy shopping, and they're always checking you out. And you never notice it. Never. You never notice all these guys checking you out. Never. And your little tight jeans, your little tight outfit, your little bouncy red hair, and beautiful green eyes. And everyone's going, ooh, ooh. I don't. But I don't, I've never. I don't. I go, and I don't wear my little jeans and whatever for that. It's just how I dress. So I read this on Twitter. I read an article that said if you saw your clone walking down the street, you wouldn't even realize it. Hmm. Because your perception of yourself is completely different than what you actually look like. Hmm. So now I can't sleep because I'm uh, wondering what the heck I actually look like. <laughs> it's good fun. Like, what the heck? What are people seeing? <gasps> but what, and so what about photographs then? Is it because a photograph is not 3D and you're not, you know, seeing mannerisms and um, expression and, and uh, that, that quick, you know, quick to laughter what people do and that quick kind of response that you have to others? You know, you don't see that in a photograph. You just see this moment Static. Well, I think a photograph put the lie to that statement that you wouldn't recognize your own clone. I, th- I think you would. You would. But you do often see yourself in a photograph and say either out loud or to yourself, do I look like that? You do, is yes. That the, is that what I look like? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so maybe that's part of it, too. It's fascinating, isn't it? We definitely have different perceptions of ourselves. And generally, our perception of ourselves, and this is scientific fact, the, our perception of ourselves is much more negative than what other people per- perceive us as. Mm. Except for me. People think I'm a much bigger asshole than I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to tell people how wonderful no, he not. is. He doesn't let me. No. Well, it's only because that's a, a, a biased opinion, and B, you don't give the full story to people. That I give all my good energy to you, so there's only negative energy left for the rest of the world. Mm. How can someone be so filled with such uh, incredible authenticity and wonderfulness and for it not to be real just because it's towards me? Because it's only towards you. Mm, Okay. I hate everybody else. No, you don't. I really do. You don't. I do. You don't hate my children. Oh, no, because they're products of you. Mm -hmm. But you don't hate everyone else. No, you don't. They don't get as much goodness as you get. No. They get some goodness. They get some. That no, I, I, you don't do that with everyone else. You do that with other people. You do what with other people? Be, show your your kindness and I your. I do not. Thoughts. You take that back. Okay, he's an <laughs> asshole. You think he is? He is. <laughs> here's a. I don't know if we've done some before, but I, I, here, here's a different angle. Tell me if you think Rory, our twelve-year-old, has ever heard these sounds, and when's the last time you heard these sounds? In person. In person. Not not on an old movie or something. Yeah, exactly. Okay. A rotary dial telephone. Oh. I don't think Rory's ever heard one in real life. Probably never even seen one in real life. No. He wouldn't have. And he might not recognize the sound. He either. would be fascinated by yeah, it. He'd yeah. want to play with it all the time. Well, it was very funny. We were watching a movie last night uh, from the 70s. And... <laughs> And the, the, one of the characters took the phone off the hook. Yeah. And only us of a certain age know what off the hook actually means. Yes. Took the phone off the hook. And Roy said, why didn't you just turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> you like, stupid person, just turn the phone off. You have to take it off. And then you'd leave it there and it would go beep, beep, beep. beep. <laughs> 
That's right. I, I I'm not sorry. I am so old. I'm not actually, but I am old enough to when I lived in my dad's farm in Nova Scotia when I was 13, 14 years old. We had a party line. Wow. We had, yeah. Hi, Mrs. Brown. I'm just going to try. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how rural we were. No, 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 not what you were thinking. That one neighborhood, I think there's five people, three, five people on our party line, that one neighborhood shared the same phone number. Oh. And the same line. So when you pick, if you were on the phone and I picked it up, I could hear your conversation. Right. And we had different rings. Oh. Depending on who, on, on. Which oh, house? that's for that's for Mrs. Sansa, yeah, because it's not our ring. But the funniest thing was because of that, you'd be sitting there eating supper, and the phone would ring, and everyone would stop to see if it was for you guys. You had to wait to hear the, to hear the ring because it would ring once to let everyone know everyone in the neighborhood know the phone was ringing, and then the next sound was which family's ring it was, bring bring or bring 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 or whatever it was. Wow, so it was really kind of funny. But the, the other thing was. You couldn't tell if somebody was on the phone before he picked it up. Oh, so yeah, you could pick it up and someone would be in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so you'd, if you were were a kid like we were, you'd pick it up noisily. Yeah. And, and first thing you hear is like, someone's in the line. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> you'd hang up. It was very, very funny. That's amazing. That's amazing. How about the sound of a manual typewriter? Oh, no. My, Again, you know, where I would not know what that sound was. Mm, Did you no. ever use one? Yes, I've used one. Yeah. yeah, my mother used one because she would write and write. My mom had a manual typewriter. We didn't do typewriting in high school, in college. I started using a typewriter and I bought an old manual one from like a secondhand store because what I could afford like for 10 bucks. Mm. And then did term papers on the manual typewriter mm-hmm. for a while until mm-hmm. I discovered the computer lab. Mm-hmm. And then the electric ones. I remember trying an electric one. Do you remember when they oh, came the out? the coolest thing <gasps> ever. Well, it was like, uh, you touch it and it go, yeah. and you'd be like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> this might, you might not even know what this is. Flash cube. No, I don't know what that is. You don't know what the flash cube is. Isn't that interesting? Flash cube. The old. You mean like a flash on a camera? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. I remember those. Um, I remember those. Yes. I remember l- being fascinated by the actual cubes. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, and I I remember. Yes, yes. So I the sound, oh, sort of that, recall it, that but pop sizzle. Well, like sound. a pop, yeah. yeah. And the, the cool thing was it was it was unlike there weren't bulbs, they were the actual They were cube, cubes. And the cube would turn. Yes. As you, as you I remember. I remember being fascinated by them as a kid. Gas station driveway bell. Ding, ding. Oh, I remember those. I love that. I know. I love that. That's kind of like the, the old screen door slamming at the back of the house. It's an old-fashioned, lovely, nurturing kind of a sound. Someone's going to run out and pump my gas for me. Yeah. Guaranteed, Rory has never heard this, guaranteed that most people, pro- probably under the age of 30, have never heard this, TV station sign-off. You we, mean like the national, like yeah. we used to be the queen, uh, oh, God save our God gracious save, queen. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. People for, have forgotten because now in the days of 24-hour everything. Yeah, there's state, no t- sign-off. TV stations used to at 1, 2, 3, 4 in the morning, whatever it might be, literally turn themselves off. Yeah, and then they'd be that colorful, yeah. like a rainbow yeah. wheel. I'm not quite sure what that was, it was now. A, it was a, uh, I, for some reason I want to say it had an Indian head on it. 
No, These are the ones I saw. Okay, not in Australia. And then a bunch of different um, color calibration things. Yeah. That's what they were for. They were for um, people to calibrate their TV sets or maybe manufacturers to calibrate uh, the station. Okay. Or it was just static. Or it was just, psh, yeah, and you'd wake up from falling asleep. Right. Or you'd wake up to the God save our That's gracious right. yeah. queen. It was just the music. <laughs> there was no singing. <laughs> I remember waking my father up one time. It was just static. I came in late from a basketball thing, whatever it was, and dad had fallen asleep in the couch. And I walked over to the TV. We didn't have a remote control. Walked to the TV and pushed the button. And dad woke up when I was watching that. Yeah. <laughs> no, you weren't, dad. I, you were asleep. My grandfather used to fall asleep with his with his um, uh, eyeglasses on the bridge of his nose with the newspaper in front of him looking up at the television. Then he'd go. <laughs> and, but he would look like he was fully engaged. But his eyes were closed. Yeah, yeah. How about the uh, sound of a broken record? The skipping uh, sound. Remember? Yeah. We used to have I that can with remember CDs. that. Yeah, I've had it happen with CDs. CDs. Yeah. A film projector? Yes. I love the sound oh, of film Oh, I love film, the sound of film, film projector. projectors. And a cash register. Uh, an old yeah. fashioned. Yeah, no, Rory wouldn't have heard those never, sounds. I've never heard those sounds. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the, 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 and, and there's actually a museum dedicated to capturing these sounds, cool, and these objects that, that made these sounds because there are sounds mm. that we don't we don't hear anymore. Yeah, certainly sound doesn't resonate with our memories as much as smell does. But I've always thought that was interesting. People say that, yeah, smell is the strongest yeah. sense that helps you recall things. And I don't, I don't know if that's true for me because to me it it. it makes me i think sound i'm more in tune to sounds yes, than to smells. smell i know i know yes. i'm just saying for me i can be different you know no sweetheart it smells <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be that old guy in the extended care unit where you try and do your smells for people to bring back their memories and you're gonna be that old guy that's not gonna respond no it's gonna not. be bloody sound I'm not. um new york times is one of the world's great papers uh, left wing, right wing, whatever. They are a good paper, but they are not perfect, and they often do things that make me go, "What is wrong with you people?" And this is one of the stories they did. This is the headline of the story: "There are steps you can take to make arriving at a party less stressful and more fulfilling." What? 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 Why would they waste anyone's time writing such a silly article? Who is feeling stress arriving at a party? Well, I mean, it's a party. So, I mean, okay. Just show up. Uh, there are some people that I think strategize this kind of thing. Some people are better to be there very early and be there while everybody's arriving. Other people cope better to just walk into the massive crowd of the party. But there are different stressors involved in that. I don't care. Mm hmm. I don't care. I don't need the New York Times to explain this to me. Oh, I don't need the New York. No, the New York. I get it. But I'm just saying it is an issue. The article the, was actually called How to Be Better at Parties. <laughs> and it was, a, it was literally a five-step way of doing it. Wow. Okay. The arrival, time to mingle, don't be that person, working in the room, and the exit. Oh, I just leave. I never it, tell it, anyone. It's the Irish goodbye. I just go. Uh, but it's like, where did Melissa go? She left. The oh. New York Times has more important things to do than tell us how to arrive at a freaking party well, why do they do these fluffy things i don't that's a good question they they, they uh, 
it's in a smarter living section of, of this particular issue. I, I don't know. I think they sometimes think that they're being too stuffy. And, and, too, yeah, and they want to lighten up. They want to lighten things up. But there's ways to lighten things up that don't involve... Did they say anything that resonated with you? Oh, God, I didn't read the article. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> screw that noise. I, I'm, not, I'm not... No. I'm not doing that. There are some people, though, that don't know how to enter into a party situation. Okay. I, I will accept that statement as being true. What I'm saying is the New York Times mm. isn't the place where that should be explained to me. People Magazine, maybe. Reader's Digest, perhaps. Okay. But not the New York frickin' Times. Fair enough. And if arriving at a party stresses you out, there are two things you can do. Number one. What? Don't go to party? Don't go to the birdie! And number two. Change your life so that's not a stress point, okay? Showing up at a party should not be stressful. Mm-hmm. You should get this through your head of, I'm not stressed about this. This mm-hmm. is no big, this is showing up to a party. Yes, but you haven't been an authentically shy person in your life. And I have to empathize with that. I mean, people, I I'm, sound like I'm being kind of high on myself, but people love me. I'm a popular person. <laughs> wow! I, but I... I I would have dreaded I dreaded doing stuff like that as a young woman. But when you're when you're at a certain age, you got to force yourself to do these kinds of things. You might not have a partner. You're looking for someone. You got to go to the parties because the and you were invited and you never know and it could be you force yeah. yourself to go out and do these things. But it's difficult, especially if you're authentically shy. If you're authentically shy, you don't go to parties. That's not fair. Then you're excluding sh- shy people want to go to parties. No, no. I said... I did, so I didn't oh, you're you, just making the statement. I didn't okay. say you shouldn't go to parties. I'm saying if you're authentically shy, you don't go to parties. If you're... Well, but if you're trying to come out of that... Then you're, you're not tr- authentically shy. If you're authentically shy and want to go to a party, you go with somebody. Mm-hmm. You find a friend. Even shy people have friends. Mm-hmm. And you go with the, with, with the mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. The way to... Not be stressed at a party is only go to parties where you know who the host is. You don't just show up to a random stranger's party. No. And you walk in, you walk straight to the host and say, hi, thank you very much for inviting me. What if the host is talking to someone? You stand there and you wait for them. Difficult. How is it difficult to stand there and wait for somebody? Because you stand there and you feel like an idiot. What? Standing there like... I'm just going to wait for them. Excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt. I just want to thank you for inviting me because I'm such a loser and I never get invited to parties. Oh, Chesapeake, Virginia. Teens over 12 years old, which is the definition of a freaking teen. Teens 12 years old have been banned from trick-or-treating in Chesapeake, Virginia. They could face jail time. (gasps) What? They don't mess around in Chesapeake, Virginia. In order to them? thwart pranks and other possible vandalism, the city threatens kids older than 12 with fines or jail time. And those who are allowed to trick-or-treat can only do so within a two-hour window. Wow. The city says it won't be actively seeking out violations and says it's okay if someone older than 12 is accompanying a younger sibling or child other cities in Virginia, like Newport News and Norfolk, Virginia, have similar Halloween rules. Screw you! Wow. If someone's gone through the effort of getting dressed up, I mean, if you show up to my house and you're 13 years old, and you don't have a, you don't have a, 
a costume on? No, go away. You're not getting candy. Yeah. But have you gone through the effort even just to put on a mask? I don't care how old you are. Now, if the rules because kids are pulling pranks, then punish those children. Mm-hmm. Are you punishing all of the children again for the idiots in this world? Do you know what I mean? That's like that's like the concept of laws are made for law-abiding citizens. Yes. So, I mean, Rory's going to be 13 a few days after Halloween. Yes. And he is still really into Halloween. He's looking forward to trick-or-treating with his friends. He got we got him you got him that mask. That is so sad. I really feel for those kids in that community. If an adult came to my house in a mask, I'd give him candy. Absolutely. If you want to celebrate Halloween, celebrate Halloween. Now, punish, again, punish the kids who are pulling pranks and, and, and breaking windows and egging places. No problem with that. I agree. But if somebody wants to trick-or-treat, let them trick-or-treat. Oh, that's just awful. I mean, that's just, there's, just no, there's already, you're already sucking the joy to this world enough with, with politics, with global warming, all that kind of bullshit. If one night out of the year, someone older than 12 wants to get dressed up and go get candy from strangers, go go nuts. Wow. And I say that as someone who hasn't trick-or-treated or done anything like that since I was 12. Because at 12, I was six feet tall and no one would give me candy. Because I still remember. Trick-or-treat. That's right. I've had guys. I've gone, oh, guys, come on. Like, I've given them candy, but I've gone, okay, dudes. When Is this that your last the, year? That was me. Yeah. 12 years old, couldn't afford a costume, mom would buy us those little plastic masks yep. from Zellers, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And you could be Frankenstein or Batman or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. We didn't have, we couldn't afford anything else. I mean, maybe you'd get a cape if you mm-hmm, were lucky, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, it was being Frankenstein or being a Wolfman or whatever it was. Plastic mask that would fog up and, and sweaty on the inside as you, as you breathe. And I remember, 12 years old, Princess Margaret Boulevard in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, in the private married quarters for the Navy. And it was a whole, just a bunch of apartment blocks, sort of pseudo townhouses. And it was easy because everyone, everyone was attached, so it was apartment buildings. But I remember, I want to say it was apartment number 12, because I, I, in my mind's eye, I can see that number. And the door opening up, and me going, trick or treat. <laughs> and this normal sized human being in the side of the door, the guy, looked at me and going, looked up at me and said, Get out of here, mister. <laughs> And me lift my mask up and going, I'm not a mister, I'm just 12. Oh, I, mean, I would have just given you a whole pile of candy. Poor and I Sean. had to do this with like at least half the adults that opened the door. Yeah. I'm not a mister, I'm just 12. Look, oh. I'm just 12. Oh. oh, you're that big kid. Yeah, yeah. I'm that big kid. <laughs> you're Pat Giant Son. Yeah, I'm Pat yeah. Giant Son. It's <laughs> so awful. <laughs> to this day, I can still feel that just the, oh, I can't believe I'm going to have to go through this. Right? Oh, no. So I stopped. That was the last time I Fair ever. Fair enough. Last time I ever did anything trick-or-treating, except one year in Pittsburgh when me and a bunch of friends got dressed up as a bunch of religious characters. Oh, well, that's, well, that's different. That's she adult got, fun. She got dressed up as a slutty nun. Yeah. I got dressed up as the, as the priest. Oh, yeah. You know, and another. So and Australia, Australia is filled with adult Halloween parties. Really, yeah. Oh, my God. They, I, I've been to so many of them. It's I never knew a Halloween party. This mm. was, this was a, a going out bar hopping. Oh, well, now, my as, friends, my friends and I would have um, Halloween parties. Full-blown Halloween parties where everyone dressed Full up? Full-blown. Did you, did you like that? Was it fun? Oh, it was a blast. Was I've never Loved been to one. It. So I can't even remember the last time I was at a party. I mean, you know, with other adults where you just went and 
hung around. Half people were strangers. Oh, half people gosh. were friends. Because um, I, I haven't lived anywhere where I've made that many friends. Mm-hmm. Where I could have, have a, a party with them. I think the, the one not at a bar. Good Lord. No, I can't remember. I mean, we used to have, I mean, that was how I grew up. My God, we had, there were parties constantly, constantly. I was trying to think the last party-ish thing I went to was the last time, not this time recent, that I was in Australia after I graduated. Yeah, I'm going to say it was certainly closer to graduation than it is now because it never did it in Portland, never did it in Pittsburgh, never did it in, in... no, I take it back. It would have been in uh, Connecticut. Because we got a brand new barbecue, I put it together, and we invited a bunch of people to come. And uh, Lauren Finkelstein came, uh, Lesh came down from Rhode Island. Um, was it a big party, though? It wasn't big, it was 15, 20 people. Oh, okay. And okay, so well, nice. that's not big. That was, that's... But that was that was probably the last time that I was at a, a party party. And we'll wrap up on this story. Um, I saw this on Twitter. Why did I get divorced? Well, last week was my birthday. My wife didn't wish me a happy birthday. No. My parents forgot and so did my kids. Oh, dear. I went to work and even my colleagues didn't wish me a happy birthday. As I entered my office, my secretary said, Happy birthday, boss! I felt so special. She asked me out for lunch. After lunch, she invited me to her apartment. We went there and she said, Do you mind if I go into the bedroom for a minute? Okay, I said. She came up five minutes later with a birthday cake, my wife, my parents, my kids, my friends, my colleagues, all yelling, Surprise! While I was waiting on the cat sofa, naked. <laughs> He'd made a bit presumptuous, huh? A little bit. A little, little bit. A little bit. No, it's wish me happy birthday. I'm going to get it off with my secretary. Moral of the story is always wish, wish people happy birthday. Because <laughs> you never know, especially with us men. What the hell we're going to assume because we're idiots. Very true. Send us emails. To, sorry, go ahead. That's not a true story. I uh, Probably not. No. It sounds like a perfectly good joke. Although, it could be a true it story. It could happen. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind it could happen. Sad. Because men are that shallow and stupid <laughs> that we would get upset that no one wishes to have a birthday. Well, no, no, that's not true. I would too. No, no, that we would get upset that we no one wishes to have a happy birthday and then carried that upset through to, well, I'm just going to screw my secretary. Yeah, that's kind of gross. You know, that's, that's, you can be upset mm. and go the whole day and get home, be all pissy and grumpy mm-hmm. that everyone forgot. And the next day, deal with it well but he got upset and decided he was going to want to screw a second yeah but i have to say if she's done that and then she's saying do you mind if i just go into the bedroom for me and it's kind of you know it is a bit um, potentially i can see why that possibility was there for him yes. even though it may not be true if, if it was a true story they should have done it at a restaurant or a office boardroom kind of thing like yeah, secretary so. going into the bedroom coming kind of, you know Give the guy a break. It's Folks, his birthday. Folks, you can uh, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. You can send us a review on the iTunes store. We'd appreciate it if you did that, if you reviewed the show on the iTunes store. Um, this has been Don't Listen to Us. I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. See ya. Bye.